last time we did this, I was like still sick and we just recorded for like five hours. Yeah, it was a marathon. I know. And then the next day I was sicker than before. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But it was that's fun. what happens if you get to uh you know, we've all we've all been there, we get too excited and then you know, we're partying too Strain hard. Voice. Oh my god, that's like when I the after the holiday party this year I got like fucking pneumonia. Just from that one night of staying out till like 4.30 in the morning. Singing. Wait. Because I insisted on doing karaoke with everyone. Oh, God. It was so good. I, I can't believe one of our coworkers had to get on a flight and he left directly from karaoke to get on like a 7 a.m. flight. That's so insane. Also, I just bit my lip really bad. Ooh, are you okay? See right there? No, but I believe you. Ah, shit. Is your mouth filling up with blood? Do you want to pause? Nah. Okay. I wouldn't even pause if my mouth was filling up with blood. Ooh, our co- a different coworker last week stepped on a nail oh outside my God. of her office, and her shoe did indeed fill up with blood, like Romeo and oh Michelle's my God. high school. And we were both like, "Take your shoe off. Let's we were see. Like, I Come bet on. it's fine. It can't be that bad." Joking, she, like, <laughs> "What are you like? Do you need a tetanus shot?" Yeah, and then she took off her shoe, and sure so enough, so much fucking blood. Blood came gushing out of it. Oh, I feel like everybody's like parents or on or uncle. Has a story about playing in like an old scrapyard. Playing in, near the old yeah. mine. And then like they just step full on through a nail. And it like gooshes until they go Ugh. home. I will say, did you? I know you didn't see A Quiet Place yet. Not yet. But one of, I thought the worst part of that movie was somebody steps on a nail. Ugh. And it was fucking oh, disgusting. Oh, that's like in um, they don't wear shoes in that movie. Oh man, what's the, what's the movie? Is it... What's the movie where a nail goes through somebody's thumb or or hand? I don't know. I was thinking of the coral and Castaway, (laughs) as I so often am. Oof. Uh, There is a terrible finger thing in El Orfanato. I don't remember. I've blocked a lot of the movie out, even though I know I like it. She gets her, like, one of her fingers slammed in a door. Ooh, like a thumb Really fucks up her nail. Yeah. That happened to my nail one time, getting out of the car drunk in high school. I wasn't driving it, listener. I was a passenger. Oh, my God. Of course you weren't. That would never cross your mind to do. No, it never No one should ever do that. (laughs) But I did slam Dan Shea. Hey, Dan. Dan's car door on my left index finger... And uh, my nail fell off. Oh. And, um, yeah, it still grows in with a wave in it. So that's just a little nail oh, yeah. for you. Listen I have that, there. too, but I did it with a regular door. Oh, where? In your house? Yeah, in my house. Oh, my God. I know. It was really cool because when I slammed it, it immediately started blood blistering underneath it. Yeah. And it was like the pressure hurt so badly. And then my mom was like, oh, no. oh the only way to relieve that to pop it is to poke a hole into the nail no which requires like an extra amount of pressure yeah you have to like push down on it super hard so she took like a needle and was just like digging a hole in my nail so i was screaming and screaming jesus fucking christ yeah and that's how i became immune to pain try to torture me i mean yeah at this point now i'm like stick any amount of needles in me you want yeah it's not gonna do anything yeah i'll just like Look I'm used to based. like four needles minimum. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like when you go get blood drawn, they ain't gonna get your first try. When I go to treatment, it takes sometimes three nurses to even get a vein. Mm-hmm. You know they're only allowed to try you three times, and they gotta switch up. Uh, only in um, per arm though, right? No, the nurse technically <laughs> only gets they do three it times. A lot. I know, but. 
Some that people they just always start low. low. They start low. Sure. But I like it in the hands because they heal so fast. They really do. They don't bruise up like that fleshy forearm. Yeah. <laughs> right in the old bend. Right in the old crook. Oh, anyway, anybody Welcome who is like spirit. needle stuff, sorry. But I'm not. We're, I, mean, I feel like we're not even done with how much we're going to talk about needles today. If you know me at all, you know that there are a lot of needles in my life. Mm-hmm. Probably stuff too. I mean, did you just hear that? That was insane. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, welcome to the show. Welcome to That's, That's the, the Spirit. This is a podcast about ghosts, hauntings, mm-hmm. legends, lores, myths, friends. Okay. Cats. Cats. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, Food, drinks, scary ghouls, scary girls. Yeah. And that's it. That's the whole list. Yeah. We don't talk about anything else. If there's anything else. else, I don't want to hear it. Robin is wearing a shirt right now that says, Let's Summon Demons. Yeah, And yeah, yeah. it's some children uh, circled around a pentagram and then a child light on top of it with yeah. candles lit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love this shirt. I have I have it one for wearing and one for sleeping. Oh, and yeah. up until today, I wore them both for sleeping. I have that same one, but in white. Oh, Yeah. It's a good. good one. It's a good one. It's a good shirt. Um, we also watched The Conjuring 2 the other night. Yeah. And I didn't know that you'd never seen it. Yeah. It, um, I know I've said before, my parents did fall asleep during that movie in mm-hmm. theaters. Um, I don't really... I mean, I guess I understand how because, you know, there was... It was a fairly long movie and there are periods of yeah. not a lot of talking in it. But that being said... I mean, it just seems hard to fall asleep during a during a really scary nun ghost movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is a whole like section that it's just like setting the mood and the aesthetic. Yeah, and like the seventies. That's the most fun part. I know. You I love start it. out in Amityville. Hold on, gigantic news. What? The entire reason we watched The Conjuring Two is because oh, yeah. the day after we recorded the last podcast, Patrick texted me. And he was like, the text was like, I'm sorry, dude, ellipses. And then he followed up with a link to an article letting the world know that, yes, my prayers have been answered. Mm-hmm. A movie dedicated just to Valak is coming out nine days before my birthday, everybody. It's called The Nun. We don't know anything else about it yet. Valak's. B-Day gift to you, girl. <sighs> Guys, I'm having a Valak-themed birthday party. Just so you know, Steph used to be so afraid of Valak and hate her, and now I think she really likes her. A year ago, my greatest fear. Now, my greatest admiration. Yeah. Fear has turned to love, and nice. I have bigger, like, crazy respect for Valak at this point. How about yogurt? But never go-gurt. No, I would no, never of course try not. yogurt. No, no, no. No, but I used to hate yogurt. And really? Now I love it. Did I mean, you ever fear go- yogurt? I mean, I kind of feared though. being tricked into eating it. Remember being That's at horrible. like play dates as a child and having them be like, "Have some yogurt," and I'd be like, "No, don't do this to me." <laughs> Nothing is worse though than fruit on the bottom. Ooh, you know what's worse than that? A cantaloupe with some fucking cottage cheese scooped into the center. Are you smiling that. because it's a guilty pleasure of yours? No, I'm like frown pleasure? smiling. Oh, okay. I don't hate cottage cheese, though, like some people do. I don't love it. I mean, no one loves it. Some it's a people thing people do, for eat. sure. No, 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 they're lying. Well, Definitely, they're, they're not telling the them. truth. I don't know. That's like, that's like admitting that you, that's like saying that you love, uh, 
waking up really early. Like, no. No. You're somebody just... insufferable out there, their favorite food is fucking cottage cheese. Well, that's a sin and I hate it because <laughs> it's there's nothing enjoyable about cottage cheese. Well, speaking of sins, Valak is going to be incredible. Yeah, I'm really, really, really excited, guys. Um, I wish, I hope that we can find a way to see it in 4DX. <laughs> Oh my god! I will have an actual heart attack. I'll have like a full aneurysm right then. I really, actually, now we have to. Now okay. we have. Are you googling it right now? Yes. <laughs> okay, I'm also googling. Countdown starts today. Well, no wait. Countdown starts today. In two days. Countdown starts in two days, and it's 93 days until Valak the movie comes out. The Nun. I can't wait. Beautiful. Countdown has has begun. Start that clock. The Nun 4DX, is that what it's 4DX. called? 4DX. Okay, okay, okay. Do, 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 if they have them, do, we're do, buying do. them right now tonight. Annabelle Creation was in 4DX. Oh! That was a really scary movie. <laughs> Gotta see that one, too. I think it's just too soon. It's all the way in August. All right, all right. I'll check back. Guys, if any of you find out Set where up a we Google can see... Alert. That would be nice. Yeah, I got to. <gasps> there's already there's a Wikipedia now for it, and there Don't wasn't. Read it. It's going to spoil it. I have to. Okay, guys. The Nun is an upcoming American supernatural <laughs> horror film directed by Corn Hardy. Do, 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 we should, do. You know what, dude? Wait. Before you continue, let me say... We should pull every string we have to try to find a way to go to the premiere of this movie. Oh my god! I bet there's if any one in New York. if any of you people to listen to this podcast know <laughs> of a way in the film that I can go. And I swear to you, I will hire a team of experts to make me look exactly like Valak. Yep. I'll make it worth your pretty penny to get us into the. Ooh, <gasps> I want to do myself up like Annabelle. Horrible news. What? The release date changed. <gasps> September 7th. Oh. That article what? I sent you was for August 10th, though. I know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see what oh, I can do I'm in terms of devastated. getting a spot on that hot list. To go do you know what? Maybe it's like worldwide release is September 7th, yeah, it but probably it premieres opens on the 10th. Uh, before. Oh, I'm really devastated, hey, guys. Hey. Come oh, man. Man. Hey, we'll make it work. I gotta see the fifth installment of the Conjuring franchise live with the, with the stars. We do. I mean, your your birthday has a history of having great movies come out right around it. Oh yeah, for sure. Scouts yeah, and key. those late in the year uh, hits mm-hmm. they come and get you. Yeah. Scouts oh man. Okay, it was favorite. originally slated for release July thirteenth. Oh fuck, reshoots. But then delayed till September Because 7th. of like a curse? Like a set curse? Or I wonder. On August 12th, I guess the director discussed a possibility for a nun sequel. Already? That its storyline may cover. Quote, I do know we're, pot- we're potentially, if the nun works out, where the nun 2 could lead to and how that ties back to Lorraine's story that we've set up with the oh first two conjurings and make it come full circle. Wow. Oh, shit. Complex. Look, all I know is about, like, two years ago, I met... I don't know when The Conjuring 2 came out. A year ago, I met a contender, and her name was Valak. And I'm just going to follow her until the ends of the earth. And if if they can make a nun 2, they can make a nun 3. And they can make a nun 3, they can make a nun infinity. Forever Nun. Yep. I'm starting a GoFundMe <laughs> just for an Infinity franchise of The Nun. And I'm ready. I'm ready for this. I think that 
Do you think if I write like 10 spec scripts, they'll let me help? I think even if you tweet at somebody saying you want the movie to happen, they'll be like, you're hired as head writer. All right, great. (laughs) I think that if we all team together, we can make this happen, guys. Listeners? Um, my my future's in your hands. Start a campaign. Please, please, please. Oh, I can't wait. Amazing. I'm already envisioning my future. Anyway, back <laughs> to the podcast. <laughs> uh, we both got a crisp seltzer. Let's yeah, we do. Ready? There we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been switching to seltzies lately just because... Um, my body's falling apart. Yeah, yeah. We're not doing great. And it's about to be summer. So you all know what that means. Don't me. No excuses anymore. It means get your try your shorts on. Out. Everyone try your shorts on that one time a year and, and be horrified at yourself. No. It's okay. It's okay. I'm not ready for shorts time. I'm not ready for shorts either. Uh, for all of our peoples across the world, this past week it was 91 degrees in the city. Oh, just like one, no, two days, two days. It was really bad. It was really, really bad. I, I almost didn't it. survive, but here we are. Um, oh man, what else is new? Oh, we have like our, it's well, still coming up, but show. yeah, we, oh my God. Yeah. We have another live show coming up yeah, July, 10th. July 10th. It's going to be at our, our hot spot, I mm-hmm. guess. Can I say that? Caveat. Yeah. <laughs> With our friends at Madame Morbid again. Yeah. It's Femme Fatales once again. So Get your um, show seeing get your, shoes on. I don't know. I don't know. Get I don't your know. finest tapping shoes on. Yeah, and then come out and hang out. It's going to be really fun. Polish up your jewels? Yes, polish up your jewels. I don't know. That's fine to say. People have said that. I'm not yeah. the first person to say that. No, not, a, not at all. <sighs> anyway. Um, we have our, um, our year anniversary coming up soon. Yeah. Um, we're not sure we're doing. We're going to celebrate somehow. Oh my God. Also, Steph just saw Alien and Aliens for the first time. That's true. Which is so crazy to me. I was watching it. We were watching it with friends and I was like, everyone shut up. Like, no one could hang out. I feel like instead of watching the movie, I was staring at your face to watch how you reacted to the movie because I was like, do Mm -hmm. do you love it? Do you love it? I loved it so much. The annoying thing that like... And I also coined a new term and way to describe an android, which is a milk boy. And it's because it looks like they're full of milk and cream. Makes me want to... It's a milk boy. Makes me feel like I'm going to throw over. Definitely the worst part about those movies is seeing the insides of the milk boys. (laughs) That is true, 100%. 100%. I had a near-death experience this past week. (laughs) I was taking my vitamins and I tried to cavalierly take them all in one go. No. Which is foolish because I take about 12 a night and I thought I got cocky and I was like, yeah. I can eat all 12 at once. No. Let me slam these back. With a nary a sip of water? No, I had a sip of water. Oh, okay. But anyway, um, sorry to get disgusting, listener, but my B12 got lodged sideways, or my, my DHA Ugh. got lodged sideways in my throat. I tried swallowing water. I'm so sorry to my parents if they're listening to this. I'm usually very safe. Um, the water, like, my body rejected it, and I threw <laughs> the water up, like, <laughs> reflexively. And then was making that like retching sound that like you never hear outside of like a movie yeah. where it's like I can't even do it. No, it also will scare it's you too horrible. much. Horrible. And uh, anyway, I had to put my whole hand in my throat and get the pill out manually, and it was Ugh. disgusting. And afterwards, I was like, I almost died. Did I almost- you have a sore throat the next day? 
No, no, it was fine. When I almost choked to death on a raisin, mm-hmm. which I did tell Robin about, I told her when it happened, I bring it's it up ever so down. often. I almost choked to death on a raisin. Shout out to Kim who saved my life. Um, she, my roommate had to give me the Heimlich Kim, maneuver. Kim, our number one listener. Yep. Uh, I yeah, I like popped a raisin and then <laughs> took a deep inhale to Your to say something. Must be and I was like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was also a giant raisin. Okay, it was a big jumbo raisin, Oof. and um, it lodged in there. I had to like, she had to Heimlich maneuver me as I was. Like kind of leaning over a sink, and also I had to like scoop it out with my finger. And then as soon as I could breathe again, I was gasping like a yeah. And I, then I was yelling, "You saved my life! You saved my life!" <laughs> and then I called my boyfriend at the time, and he said, "At least you would have died doing what you love, eating raisins." <laughs> Choking death. On yeah. On a raisin. Choking is one of my worst fears, and when I think about Ugh. that moment, still I do get like a thousand yard stare, and I, I know. totally get freaked out. Oh, choking is no fun at no, all. No, I tried to run towards the bathroom in my apartment so I could throw up the water in there, and my roommate was in the bathroom. So I just quietly decided to be polite over <laughs> just, dying. Just, I guess I'll die. And Do I you just know what? Into my, room. my mother told me something really sad once. Tell me. She oh, says God, know? that because, like, the whole idea of being polite and not seeming like you need help, or there's something weird. People choke all the time. That, well, she said that, like, um, Young, like, male professionals will be, like, at dinner or something, like, with colleagues or, like, coworkers or something. And there's, like, an, a higher rate of that population choking to death because they'll be choking and be so embarrassed that they'll excuse themselves and, like, go die. <laughs> oh it's horrible to God. think about. Yeah. Yeah. I can totally picture that, though. Yeah, That's and it's so horrible. Sad. It's horrible. Ooh, so I always forget that like people really die from choking. Yeah, it's it's something that my mom reminded me of pretty much every single time we would ever eat. We weren't allowed to eat if she wasn't home Oof. growing up, and it is like definitely my definitely one of my worst fears. I know that if you're if you're choking someplace where like somebody can get to you but they can't see you, you're supposed to like knock as all the stuff over and make as much noise as possible so they come in the room. Yeah. And also, like, if you're ever alone in your apartment, what I would Don't do eat. is go, like, you need to run Don't out of the house. Soup. Well, yeah. It, but if you're choking, you got to, like, oh. get somewhere that people can get to you. Because I would have sooner died, to be honest, <sighs> than leave my house in jammies covered in vitamin water. Ooh. Not I've even that kind of vitamin water. I've done that. <laughs> Definitely done that. Just vitamin water. water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I was now actually, I'm really scared of choking no, to death I again. Yeah, it's fine. You already ate dinner. You're fine. Okay. Um, I was thinking afterwards, I was like, oh, I'm so glad I didn't actually end up throwing up because now I don't have to take a second Second vitamin. dose of vitamins, yeah. yeah. It's like, waste not, want not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Jesus. Anyway. Um, a lot of dark stuff this a lot of dark stuff. This evening. Ooh. We're capping the celts for now because we're about to get celties. into some fucked up shit. Um, do you want me to go first or do you Whatever want to you want, first? dude. Okay. All right. I forget. Whatever. It doesn't matter. What? <laughs> I was trying to think of like, but last time we talked about Amityville, so nobody went. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. All right. There you go. Excuse me for yawning, everyone. Very unprofessional. I'm very sorry. Yawning? Yeah. It's okay. Thank you. Thanks. Um, (laughs) Okay. So, 
We've talked about butthole ghosts. Mm-hmm. We talked about best coast breast ghosts. Uh-huh. Today, I'm going to be talking about knockers. No. Not, I realize now when I'm saying this out loud, I'm making it sound a lot funnier than it's going to be. But I just like that they are called knockers. Like boobs? Yeah. Hey, do you guys hear that, my cat? That was a warbling little baby boy. I think he was like, knockers? Knockers? Why? He's talking about my favorite ghost? A knocker, knacker, buka, or tommy knocker. Oh, no. Is a mythical creature in Welsh, Cornish, and Devon folklore. Oh, my God. They're the equivalent of Irish leprechauns and (gasps) English and Scottish brownies, which I didn't know until today were a thing. You've never heard heard of of brownies? brownies? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you know about them? That they're exactly like, they're like, um, they're like leprechauns, but they're like the borrowers. This is going to sound maybe really stupid. The Girl Scouts group brownies. Unrelated. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the food? Unaffiliated. Food? Yeah. Okay. No, they're not even based on, I don't know what, you know, I say that they're not related. Because what if one of them was like, I don't the think so. No, they're like they fairies. Like, oh, the brownies. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so knockers are about two feet tall and grizzled, but not misshapen. (laughs) Okay. Not really sure what that means. They live underground. And the further back you dig, the more chance you have of waking up a Tommy knocker. Ooh. They wear tiny versions of standard miner's garb. And commit random mischief, such as stealing miners, miners unattended tools and food. And they're basically dirty, tiny little gnomes ranging in size from two feet tall to a mere few inches tall. Also, I just before we get into this, I gotta say, really topical choice, but in a really sad way. Wait, why? Do you not hear about the those miners that are stuck in Poland? Those Polish miners? Oh my God, no! <laughs> yeah, it was Holy like shit, no. a really bad earthquake. I think I. I definitely don't think I dreamed of this. Hang on. Whoa. I mean, of Hang course on, like, I remember the Chilean miners, but... But that was like, they figured that out. That was like 10 years ago. Um, They were all Oh my okay. God, I had no idea. Oh no, now I feel like a jerk. Oh shit. Yeah. There's like a, there was an earthquake in oh, Poland. Fuck. Should I cancel this? No, no, it's unrelated, sort of. <laughs> uh, Coal miners. Yeah, yeah. Some coal miners are like... <laughs> No. 900 meters underground. Are they okay? Uh, no. <laughs> Fuck. No. Oh, this is all, oh, man, man. This Look, is all about miners, I'll tell you even, what. Shouldn't even have brought should it up. I, should I table it for later? No, I think we should do it in honor of miners. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm so sorry, everyone. No, it's okay. I had no idea. No, it's actually Poland, Poland, and the Czech border. <sighs> it's okay. hell. Does Poland border the Czech Republic? Probably. Oh, no. Probably. <laughs> I thought I read that. Right. I don't know geography very well. Well, let me just zoom through this then. No, so no, no, girl. <laughs> this is in honor of miners. <laughs> Stop it. We have to say something about I don't know. I'm so sorry, and I had no idea this world event had happened. I should just, never have even brought it just up. Just a terrible coincidence. <sighs> no it's disrespect meant. Obviously. Of course not. All right. Well, anyway, more about knockers. Uh, <laughs> their name comes from the knocking on the mine walls that happens just before cave-ins. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, you guys. No.
all right, we got to do it. It's a, it's history. It's a historic I'm crying. thing. I'm crying. It's okay. Cat <laughs> is fucking staring daggers at me. Oh my god, I'm so sorry once again. Um, okay, listen. All right, it's fine. Woo, here we go. Their it's name fine. comes from knocking on the mine just before cave-ins, and the knocks are said to usually come in a distinctive pattern. To some miners, the knockers were malevolent spirits, and the knocking was the sound of them hammering at walls and supports to cause the cave Oh, holy shit. But other miners thought that they were well-meaning practical jokers, and the knocking was their way of being friends and warning them that a collapse oh, was imminent. Oh, interesting. So it's a harbinger, but it's not the cause. Well, debatable. Right, either or. Believers. I and like to think it's like a banshee, like it's a, it's forewarning you. Yeah, I think that's a, one of the one of the ways of thought. Uh, according to Cornish folklore, the knockers were actually the helpful spirits of people who had died in previous accidents in the many tin mines in the county, and that the, I guess history has decided that they do warn you of impending danger. I um, like that better for yeah. sure. And to this day, a lot of miners will throw their last bite of lunch into the mines for the knockers. Aww. Uh, there's also another school of thought, um, different set of Cornish people who believe this, uh, that think that they are the souls of the Jews who crucified Christ and were sent by the Romans to work as slaves in the tin mines. What? So that's its own thing that I'm just not really going to think Why about too much. Why would they put it to? Was that, is that really something that happened? I actually don't know, but it, it, it must be, I guess. Maybe it's in the Bible. I mean, it, they, the, whoever believed in this theory, they believed in it so strongly that they claimed that the Tommyknockers never came out on Saturdays or on Jewish holidays. Okay, because they, they were, were observing like safe, the Sabbath. Yeah, you were safe to work then, which is okay. like, why would this go, whatever. That's really weird. And I actually don't, man, I don't actually know if the Bible goes past when Jesus dies and goes into like, who would have been enslaved in a tin mine? Well, when did that hot new Pope come in? Which one? That hot young Pope. Jude Law? Yeah. I have no idea. Which Pope is he supposed to be? Or is he a fake Pope? I have no idea. All right. Well, None at all. At some point, some cool Pope shakes up the whole thing. I feel like the only good Pope I know is the current one and then JP2, my favorite. And I only like him because my Grammy Pope likes him. The only Pope I believe him. in is Rihanna. Oh my God. Everybody, Robin just showed me what she was wearing to, what is it, the Met Gala? Yeah. Oh, holy shit, everyone. God, You've got to look it up. my true Pope. Fuck. It's good. Um, all right. In the, yeah, so that's just a weird thing. I don't really, I don't know why that's one of the theories. That um, is weird. In the 1820s, immigrant Welsh miners brought their tales of the knockers to Western Pennsylvania and when they gravita- gravitated there to work in the mines here from uh, overseas. Fun. <laughs> Forgot what <laughs> country I was talking about. <laughs> from Wales. Wales? <laughs> overseas. Overseas. <laughs> I'm a wonderful improviser. <laughs> Cornish miners brought them to California and Nevada and Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And when asked if they had relatives who would come to work in the mines, the Cornish miners would always say something like... Catherine Zeta-Jones. <laughs> my cousin, Catherine yeah. Zeta-Jones. Um, they would say, well, my cousin Jack over in Cornwall could come if you could pay for his boat ride. And so Cornish people came to be called Cousin Jacks by, like, American miners because they would always refer to their Cousin Jack. 
Um, Weird. The, the Cousin Jacks. Do you think uh, it's short for like a, a fun, longer Welsh name? Maybe maybe they just had no idea what they were saying because they were speaking Welsh quickly. Cool. I don't know. Um, but yeah, they the, the Cousin Jacks were famous for losing tools and somehow managing to dive out of mine shafts just before they collapsed. And they Whoa, said that it was because they the had brought their friends with them Holy who would shit. warn them. That's awesome. Uh, one legend told of a group of seven miners who were at work when they heard a, uh, a faint sequence tapping from the back of the mine. Three of the seven laughed and joked, claiming the Tommyknockers did not exist and started provoking them. Whoa. And the remaining four decided to run away, and they claimed to have seen the little imps running ahead of them while the mine closed. <gasps> no way. Look, if you're, like, in a mine... Don't make fun of the, the one mine ghost. No, and you start hearing, like, beams splintering. Even if you don't believe, get out It's of not there. a joke. No. You gotta go. Even non-Cornish miners who worked deep in the earth where the noisy support timbers creaked and groaned came to mm. believe in the Tommyknockers. And the American version of them is like more ghost themed, whereas like the British European version is more uh, elf-like, like fairy and yeah, elf-like. Them, so that it's tracks. Kind of changed like as it came through America. Cool. Um, according to American legend the Tommyknockers are said to first manifest as little glowing lights and then a strange mist takes the form of a fallen miner and then very rarely they show their true form which is the little gnome oh whoa other tales say they'll sometimes call to you um by yelling your name quietly in the back of the mine to try and lure you to (gasps) go back there no Yep. Um, in 1956, uh, one large mine closed. Uh, it doesn't say where in America, but let's just say Pennsylvania. Why not? Uh, a large group of local cousin jacks circulated a petition calling on the mine owners to set the knockers free so that they could move on to other mines. How would you go about doing that? I think like not sealing up every exit so they could like, uh, come and go if they please. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, one reader on renowned website, legendsofamerica.com, reminisced about his memories of the knockers and said, my father grew up in a mining camp in Confidence, California. His father worked at that mine too. Father's stories of those times included the Tommy knockers. My father said his mother would bake saffron cake for his father to take with him. When the Cousin Jacks finished their day, they always left some saffron cake for the Tommyknockers. This is a made-up story. To do so was, to not do so was very bad luck. It seems too much like a, I mean, that's a fairy tale. Well, I I love that. Have you ever seen fairy tale true stories? Some fairy tales are real. Mm -hmm. Um, There's also apparently a Stephen King book called The Tommyknockers based on this legend, but I have not read it. We should get into that. Yeah. Um, You know, I gotta say, I... Was taking a long Stephen King break after it. Oh. I'll try again. That one's that one. I know. Yeah, we I all know. know. Tough, tough stuff. It's also like thirteen hundred pages. It's like yeah. The time. Oh my god. Anyway, so that's the Tommy Knockers, and I, really, I am once again really like very that. sorry, everyone. Don't worry. Poor timing on my it's part. It's okay. You no know what? Perfect intended. timing. I feel. I mean, I I really like. Legends and, and lore like that around like a an old uh, 
like skill trade mm-hmm. where a it's very specific. they only are pertain to like one yeah. occupation. Yes, <laughs> I yeah. like that. They're like, oh, <laughs> that's the, the specific cobbler's ghost. Yeah, it's he like elves and the shoemaker. Yeah, yeah. He only yeah. comes out when you're hammering the heel of your shoe. And yes. it's like, well, so he haunts two people per state now? Like, yeah. what? Oh, that's the tallow ghost, the candle maker ghost. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just comes and watch out for that. If your candle's dripping too much on the floor, it comes and it scoops it up for you. It'll eat it right off the floor. <laughs> for my occupation, I At mean, Sturbridge? Dock and Sturbridge? Huh? Dock and Sturbridge Village? Oh, no, I said my occupational ghost. I don't know what it would be. Oh, I thought you said for my occupation, referring to, I wasn't a tallow maker, but because oh, at Sturbridge I see, I see. Village, we were all assigned one. Dude. That's where my heart goes. Sturbridge Village is the best place in, in the entire world. What was your occupation in Sturbridge Village? I don't know, but I do remember insisting that we go to the Butter Churner Hut mm-hmm. a lot because I just love the idea of like, Somebody with like a milk in a wooden thing, and then you just like yeah, schloop. I went to like shloop. a faux Sturbridge village in Ireland a few years ago. Actually, really, it's great. But at our Sturbridge village, mm-hmm. it was a tinsmith. Ooh, cool. Yeah, I probably a, had a couple tin miners of your own. Made a candle holder. Fun. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I auditioned for a a like musical that would have happened uh, <laughs> at Sturbridge Village like what? two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I drove all what the way was there. It about? Oh, I remember this actually. Uh, it was the very controversial musical Big River. Cause, What's that about? Well, it's like a Tom Sawyer musical. Oh, but it's like, yeah, there's issues. Tough to pull off. It's ye old Sturbridge Village. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know, I have a lot of feelings about it, but I don't know. Needless to say, I did not book the role. I don't know why. And you know what? They should I, reimburse you for I gas. think it's because, like, I told them I was a local, obviously, even though that was a lie. But they I think that they... probably could tell that you were not a local. I think, honestly, this is going to sound so shitty of me, but I really do Too feel... Too hot for them. No, I really oh. do feel like they were like, what is she doing? Like, No, I'm sure they were like, what a is master's this degree? actor doing here? Like, is she's like a... What is she fucking yeah. doing? And I was like, I don't know how to tell you, you guys, but I just love Sturbridge so much. So that they would be like, well, she's got nowhere to go. Yeah. <laughs> they emailed me later being like, hey. Um, if you ever want to be director of our program, come on in. <laughs> well, they were very apologetic. They were like, we just feel like weird. Like it, The email was basically like, you don't want to do this. <laughs> like, Come on. And I was like, no, please, like, let me. They're like, this doesn't pay you like practically anything. And. It's Sturbridge Village, Here's girl. a real question. Would you live at Sturbridge Village? Yeah, they would have let me live at Sturbridge Village in like the entire the summer. In, like, one of the cabins? Yeah, dude. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. That would I was almost so, like, so you don't so have to tight. pay me. Just let me perform at Sturbridge Village for free. Just let me live at Sturbridge Village. Yeah, for an entire summer. Ugh. Would have been great. I wish that I could just, like, I know I have no, like, acting experience and, like, or it's like fine. You barely need anything, any. or and like don't live in Florida and like don't want to do this actually. But it would be cool to just like work in Harry Potter world as somebody who just like fucking sells wands or something and be like, this is my whole life. It's like you know, yeah. I just dress up for Harry Potter every day. But then I wouldn't want to like have to go home. I'd be like, well, I live in Harry Potter world as well. Yeah. So yeah, you can't break the spell. Sturbridge Village sounds ideal. 
Oh, yeah. I, I mean, like... When are they or- uh, going to finally open the Lord of the Rings world oh, that we God. deserve? I thought they were making one, but then I guess not. There's that old abandoned yellow brick road uh, amusement park in Pennsylvania. We should go to that. Also, my dad emailed me about, like, a only in June Wizard of Oz land that you can <gasps> go to. Where? I don't know. I didn't read it all the way, Ooh, but I was like, sign me up. Send it I'll to go me. anytime. I will. As long as it's not the day that I have jury duty, we're good to go. Or the day that you double booked yourself for headshots and some other very important thing. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I got to look at my calendar. Do you have a June. spooky thing for me? I do. I kind of like, I don't know. It's spooky. And it's just a, like facts. <laughs> All right. I love it. I decided I didn't know what to do today. So I got, I went deep inside my soul and I said, what is the one thing you like more than anything in the world? And it's Renaissance fairs. <laughs> and <laughs> then I was like, what's the Go funnest on. thing about a Renaissance fair? And I was like, it's obviously the swords. So I'm doing legendary swords. Oh. Oh my god! Legendary I would like everybody swords. to know that one time, uh, actually captured on this podcast when we yeah. were recording at your house, there was a box of real swords, and you wouldn't let me play with any of them. You got to touch a lot of them. I didn't get to take them out. Come I mean, on. I did get to take there one were out, some. but I didn't get to swing it. I want to fight with them. There, that room was too small. They're also all Tommy's. I would have been willing to go outside, dude. It was. Black as night. I don't care. Your house is the scariest place. Well, we can definitely go play with the swords at any time. You say that now, but once we get there, you're going to be like, the room's too small. Well, we'll take him outside, like you say. When when Tommy's home, he'll be more than happy to sword fight with you. (laughs) What are you saying to me? I said, don't patronize me. (laughs) I promise you can play with the sword. Shoot him. You can play with the swords. Tell me some sword facts. All right. Here's some legendary swords. I'm I'm going through a a couple, and then I got two, like, fun articles I found about haunted swords. Oh. They stab you on their own? Kind of. Ah. Uh, This one, actually, this first one kind of does. It's called uh, Muramasa. Uh, A famous swordsmith named Muramasa. Mm -hmm. He founded the Muramasa School, and was living during, like, the 14th and 15th century in J- Japan. Nice. Uh, he was the most skillful smith, but a violent and ill-balanced mind verging <laughs> on madness. Oh, that's what you want. That was supposed... Sword. They think that his madness passed on to his blades. Oh, stop! Which is really cool. Ooh, yeah. endowed them. His blades were renowned for being extraordinarily sharp. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like is like the fucking baseline for it's a good like the blade. One thing you you just have a sharp sword. blade. Um, they fell out of favor with the Japanese government when, I'm sorry, everyone, Tokugawa Ayasu became shogun, establishing the Tokugawa shogunate, I think, in 1603. It is said that this guy lost many friends and relatives to Muramasa blades. And had cut himself mm. badly with one. Oh, no. So he forbade his samurai to wield blades made by Muramasa. On, wouldn't you want Muramasa blades to wield the sharpest blade? Well, listen to this. Basically, nearly all of his family were slain by Muramasa blades. Also, because it was the most famous kind of blade in Japan during this time. Yeah. Um, his grandfather had fallen to a Muramasa. Both he and his father had been wounded by the swordsman's blades. Wow. 
Finally, both his wife and his adopted son were later oh. executed by oh. the cursed swords. This contributed even more to the Muramasa legend, obviously, because once something's banned, it's the coolest thing ever. Oh, yeah, of course. And led to, like, it became, they wrote, like, plays and dramas about um, about these blades. It appeared in literature a lot. And this stigma made it kind of, people wanted to, like, basically they made a lot of fakes. They're like, oh, that's a Muramasa, oh, but okay. no, it isn't. Knockoffs. Yep. A story is told. <laughs> Of an incident in Edo Castle, um, this guy named Matsudaira Daira Geki is said to have killed three men against whom he had long held a grudge, and the sword he used was a Muramasa. He was working with five others in the library at Nishimaru. He suddenly got up and, without a word, swung his sword. <gasps> you jerk! At which the head of some guy. Hondo Iori is supposed to have flown off the shoulders. One other guy got up to run. He cut him down diagonal style in one strike across the shoulder, which is exactly how Anya dies in Buffy. Spoiler, dude. Doesn't matter. I don't care. I wonder if she got a Muramasa plate. Ooh, I bet it was. (laughs) Um, The third one was slash across the waist. And then... That is the grossest one. And then he was slashed across the waist and then down the, sh- down the shoulders. So, like, flew, flew. Uh, so it only took four strokes to slay them all. And the others, the two other guys that were there, tried to run, but were also cut down the back and across the butt, the buttons. Oh. Ooh, I don't know what that means. Um, but, they, but they lived. Oh. I have no idea. Well, maybe, maybe just, like, ornamental buttons then. I guess, Yeah. It just it just got the buttons. The yeah, buttons it just got the, the buttons the that blow. you have here when you have a when you have like a flannel that that it buttons oh, up halfway yeah. up the sleeve. Yeah, I'm sure that definitely in like sixteen oh three Japan that's what they were wearing. This just indicates the capabilities of a Muramasa blade in the hands of a fairly good swordsman. Yeah, I believe it. It has been told that once drawn, a Muramasa has to draw blood Ooh. before it can be returned to the scabbard. Even to the point of forcing its wielder to wound himself or commit suicide. What? Yes. Thus it is thought of as a demonic cursed blade that creates bloodlust in those who wield it. Wow. Imagine. I mean, yeah, if like, it was like the most powerful weapon. I can imagine see, people felt. See, what if I saved your life and what if one of those blades in Tommy's room is a Muramasa and you took it out and then you'd kill no, me? What? None of them were samurai swords. Yeah, Tommy does have a samurai sword. Well, I didn't see one. He definitely and does. Anyway, I'd go for a broad sword I'm sure it's first. his favorite. He's got one of those too. The great sword, meat in the boot. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Ooh, <laughs> Guys, we, should, you- we should post that. <laughs> we gotta post that. You haven't watched the video ad oh, for the man. great sword? The meat boot really sells it. Meat in the boot. You'll see what I mean. The next sword, and guys, I'm just, I'm just like glazing over these legendary Get swords. Into them. I'm doing Excalibur. <gasps> sword in the stone. Oh, really? Yeah. I think Excalibur is probably a girl sword if it has to be anything. Ooh, tell me about her. Um. Well, you know, it's King Arthur's sword. It was the one that had to be pulled from the rock, right? Sword in the stone. Okay. Sword yes, in the I'm rock. Sorry. Come on, dude. <laughs> sorry. Fucking. Dude, <laughs> just tell me it's God damn tell it. me about how it was born. Uh, so I'm actually not going to get into mm. King Arthur and stuff or Excalibur, which I'm obsessed with, and I and I love the idea of 
Legendary yeah, swords in general. Just admitted to loving Ren Fairs. I do love Ren Fairs. I, I do want to go to the one. I want to go to the one in Tuxedo. In Tuxedo, New York, which you have to take a special bus to get to. I don't care. Do you want to go Let's this go. summer? Yeah. I've never been. I want to. The last go. Ren Fair I went to, I was like 12 years old, and it stuck I'm with gonna me. I'm going to dress head to toe. Like the like full steampunk yeah, corset, we got to. gears on every <laughs> every extra inch. Do you want to hear something sad? So I went to the Ren Fair, and then I was in like third. No, I was in I was in fourth grade, and I I like went to the Ren Fair in the summer, and then Halloween time came, and my mom was like, "What do you want to be?" And I just said, "A a, a Renaissance lady." No. And she was like, what is that? What is that? And she I was like, I just want to be a renaissance lady. So she made me, she found me like a red velvet dress <gasps> and then glued like a crisscross of gold right here <gasps> and made me like a flower, a flower garland. Oh my God, that's beautiful. And it was the most, the most wonderful Halloween. But I remember being in like the Halloween parade and fully pretending like I was a renaissance lady and I'm like sure not being like a myself. baby in like a handmade authentic costume yeah in my mind it was like yeah with like a little lute and a flute yeah man it's so good about the weird renaissance movie i watched on netflix with salma hayek when i was on cold medicine the other week okay (laughs) i guess that sounds good says it all yeah, I just like a Ren Fair is really special. And you know, sometimes I listen to that one Jethro Tell record and I'm like, fucking, yeah. Let's I do love it. the medieval times. We gotta go. Tiny and weapons. we gotta go to medieval times. Anyway, Excalibur slash Sword in the Stone. I'm not gonna get into King Arthur and shit, but I will tell you about a real Sword in the Stone that I think, and there's evidence around, maybe was inspiration for this legend. Okay. So, in a chapel in Montesieppe, I don't know if that's how it said, Italy lies an ancient sword embedded in the stone that could be the key to deciphering the origin of the legend. It's believed that St. Galgano, he was a 12th century Tuscan knight whom the archangel Michael commanded to give up his sinful ways. Which is hilarious to think someone be like, it's me, the Archangel Michael. Like, like you gotta fucking stop. stop. Can you fucking not? Please stop doing that. And he was like, no. It's like, ugh, my He argued that the task would be uh, as difficult as cleaving stones. So being like, are you kidding me? I can't quit, like, sinning. It'd yeah. be harder than me trying to, like, fucking cut a rock in half with my sword. Yeah. And then to prove a point, Galgano like, attempted to, to break his sword in a nearby rock. Legend says his blade cut the stone as if it were butter. <laughs> this imagine though, like that like, can't be true. That's like this is the first time I'm like, no, there's no way. I found a if, loophole. Yeah, if I was really plunging a sword into a stone, if you if it and went then, like butter, it would just slam onto the ground. I would be halfway through the because I'd be putting my You'd full fall force into, into it. it. I'd full I'd be it'd be like half a half a girl Covered in a stone. In butter. Because I'd be in the butter stone. A hundred percent I would. I would have dove right in. Be in butter. Mm-hmm. So the physics around this is already questionable. <laughs> That's my main thing. I got thing. a bone to pick. Mm-hmm. The sword in the stone still rests where, Gal- where Galgano left it behind. Along with his worldly ways, it says. Mm, okay. I doubt. Like yeah, he story. never sinned again. Yeah, once he got away from the angel. I'm sure After he was, like, he was Can I yeah. have a drink? Yeah, if you turn that stone to butter, I'll never <laughs> sin again. Uh, after he was canonized, word of his holy sword spread quickly. 
The Legend of Excalibur predates Galgano, but the sword probably doesn't. I think that like the Galgano thing is the fake thing, and probably this legend happened like around the sword before that. Right. And it has almost nothing to do with each other. Needless to say, it's under glass now and you can go visit it. Mm. Um, and probably it's a true life inspiration for Arthur's sword in the stone. So One day I'll go into like a real Excalibur breakdown because I hope man, you buy an Excalibur sword when we go to the Ren Fair. Oh yeah. I'm going to get you an extra small top hat. No, I don't want to dress steampunk. Dazzled in gear. I want to be Merlin. Let me I'm be Merlin. Steampunk you up. You're gonna be all leather. No, no, no. Metal. I want to dress up and like cosplay as one of the characters nope. from my favorite movie, Flight of Dragons. You're Flight of so, Dragons. You're wearing a leather. Soar in the purple A leather corset sewn together with cobs. <laughs> no, in the sky. Or in my mind. You're making this up. Don McLean wrote that song. I'm not <laughs> making that up. I'm not making that up. Was he writing uh, in a dream? Famous journal? actors such as James Earl Jones and John Ritter are in my favorite movie, Flight of Dragons. I'm not making that up either. We'll watch it someday. Is it animated? Yeah. It's a good old early 80s animation, okay, too. Okay, I do like that. There's a dragon in it named Gorbash, and that's what I named my car. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> on to the next sword. Durandel. Ooh, Ooh that sounds like a Lord of the Rings sword. Yeah. The sword was capable of cutting through giant boulders of stone with oh. a single strike and was indestructible. Okay, great. With a single strike, like, like everything was made out of butter. Made out of pure For hundreds butter. of years, a mysterious sword had been embedded in the cliffs above the Notre Dame Chapel in France. <laughs> great. Rocamador, France. Great. I don't know. The monks say... It is Durandel, sword of the paladin Roland. What? According to legend, Roland hurled the holy blade into the side of the cliff to keep it from being captured by his enemies. Since the 12th century, the chapel has been a destination for sacred pilgrimages. In 2011, the sword was removed no. by a local municipality and given to the Cluny Museum in Paris for an exhibit. It's fucking dumb. Come on. Look at pictures of it while it's still in the, the person, rock. Like, it's cool. The person didn't even get any valor who got it out? I don't even know. I think it was a team, probably. Stupid. But is the sword actually Dorendel? Well, while the battle where Roland lost his life is a well-documented event, the first mention of Dorendel was in The Song of Roland. Can I can't even get into the fucking Song of Roland. When I was researching is it this stuff, it's 70 pages long. It's actually it's not even that long, I think. But it is like beautiful like illuminated text like Ooh. I'll have to do a whole like special episode about oh the Song God. of Roland and that I will nice. sing it. All right, good. Um so but the Song of Roland was composed hundreds of years later and that's the first time that we're hearing about Durandal. It doesn't mean it's not true though, I think. Mhm. Okay. Yeah, and it is true that Roland's journey did take place in this area, so, I mean... I like the name Roland. Me too, it reminds me of Rolos, which is a delicious candy. Roland, as we'll come to find out, has a lot to do with Charlemagne as well, but that's coming up. Um, the next sword is Kratana. Ooh, I like that. Also known as the Sword of Mercy. I like this one too. It's a ceremonial sword now used at the coronation of British kings and queens. Oh, to dub them? Yeah. 
one of the crown jewels <gasps> of the United Kingdom. One of the it's the true crown jewels? I guess, I guess, yeah. Its end is blunt. It's like a... It's like sword, 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 sword. Oops, this sword is broken. <gasps> yep. And it's squared to like symbolize mercy. Wow. So it doesn't have a point. The current sword is a it's a copy. Oh, made in the seventeenth oh. century, but it's still pretty old. God damn it. The original is thought to be the same as the unnamed Regalia sword, purported to be Tristan's sword. The claim of Cortana being the sword of Edward the Confessor is probably spurious, so probably not real. It's like a standard sword. There's all these measurements here, but I don't really fucking care about that. But the the biggest thing is that the, the tip is missing completely. Dang. And you think it's not cool at first, but then when you look at pictures, it's pretty fucking cool. Wait, sorry, did you say where the original sword is? Do they know? I think it was... So, this is, like, too much history for right now, but do you remember, like, Cromwell, how he would... How he used... He uh, burned down, like, relics and stuff to make, like, scrap metal. Oh, so a lot okay. of, like, ancient stuff like that was actually destroyed during Sad. the Cromwell, I guess when he was, like, in charge and shit. I'm really simplifying everything about you this. just taught me more than I've ever learned in any but class. But from what I can remember, that's why it's especially difficult to find very, very, very old swords like this mm. is because a lot of that metal stuff was... Right, um, melted have to back be down. Outside of Europe, at least. Yeah, I mean, he destroyed a lot of ancient relics, Dang. and it's really fucked up. Um, but this one, the blade features a decorative running wolf, which you know I love, Whoa. which originated in the town to I don't know something Germany. Gilt iron hilts, a wooden grip wound in wire, a leather Ooh. sheath bound in crimson velvet with gold embroidery. Oh, beautiful. I know. Um, squared tip, like I said. Um, do once hit a jagged edge like a naturally broken tip. I don't know something about it. Just like repeats over and over. That is a broken sword. Um, <laughs> yeah, called the sword of mercy, temporal justice, spiritual justice. Meghan Markle gonna get smacked with that thing on her wedding day? Or Probably. What? So this last one, I need some help pronouncing. Joyeuse. Uh, yeah, that's right. Joyeuse. Charlemagne's sword. Or King Charles I, I think. I don't fully know if that's what he was. I'm guessing. I'm pretty sure it is. Honestly, it barely matters. I don't know why I wrote, Charlemagne is a man that was born circa (laughs) 742. I'm listening. (laughs) One of the greatest rulers in world history and became King of the Franks in 768. Uh, Emperor of the Romans... He was that, I think, for the entire rest of his life. He was both? Yeah. Wow. In the Holy Roman Empire, he was known as Charles I. I got it right. Oh, there you go. Yep. And was the first Holy Roman Emperor. Yep, I already said that. During Charlemagne's lifetime, he expanded the Frankish kingdom into an empire, which covered much of Western and Central Europe, regarding as the founding father of both the French and German monarchies. Wow. And the father of Europe. So this is a fucking... Nice sword. Yeah, it's got to be beautiful. Joyeuse is the name of his personal sword. <laughs> there are two swords that people think are Joyeuse. <laughs> Can okay. you imagine, like, you know, there's a real parent trap Joyeuse truthers? Going on. Yeah, yeah. Just like I swear to God, <laughs> one is a saber that is kept in the Lord help me, Welschlick Schatzkammer in Vienna. Got to be yeah. While the other is housed in the Louvre in France. 
The blade on display at the Louvre, which I personally think is joyous, claims to be partially built from Charlemagne's original sword. So that's not uncommon, you know, in a lifetime of battles that you would have, like, more than one sword. Yeah. And then, like, you need to make a new sword out of the pieces of the old sword, much like Lord of the Rings, dude. Okay. Handed that one to you. I'm so sorry. Come on. You're right, though. Now I am that you right. Say it. I know you're right, but I was trying to think of a sword. A real sword. <laughs> I know. It's hard to remember a sword. Uh, the other cool thing is that since it was over such a long time, it's got pieces of like different decades in it and stuff oh. as it kept on getting rebuilt, which is cool, right? Yeah. So it's made of parts of different centuries. So it can, it's hard to positively ad- identify the weapon as Joyeuse because it kept on getting like yeah. altered. The hilt of the sword indicates a manufacturing date around the time of Charlemagne. So it's like, okay, nice. nice. That's probably it. Heavily sculpted gold pommel mm. is made in two halves and the long golden grip was once decorated with diamonds. Oh, fucking fancy. Diamonds. Diamonds on the back. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, if you look at pictures of it, there's also, like, giant gems in it and everything. It's great. I love that. It's definitely, like, the quintessential sword, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it appears in many legends and histories. Uh, describes how he uses Julius to behead the Saracen commander? Oh, my God. Imagine. I don't know. I would die by this diamonds. sword. Like, yeah. God, yeah, what an honor. Um, he used it to, like, knight one of his friends. Dope. A Danish guy named Ogre. Uh, after the death of Charlemagne, the sword was said to have been contrarily held by the Saint Denis Basilica, Den- Denis? Denis? Basilica and is later taken to the Louvre after being carried at a coronation procession for French kings. Gorgeous. Yeah. I want to see the sexy sword. I'm going to look oh, it up. Oh, the reason about uh, I'm bringing up Roland is because he, oh, yeah. he was like, you know, Charlemagne's like right-hand dude, I think. And so they both have, like, pretty legendary swords together. Oh, Roland's got one, too? Yeah. Well, that's Ooh. Dorindel. <gasps> oh, you're right. Yeah. This is it. This King is a Charlemagne's sword. legendary sword, picture this dude, was said to change colors 30 times every day. What does that mean? And was so bright it outshone the sun. What does it mean? They can't. Yes. See true. Yes. Yes, dude. The one It's a mystery. Loose. Sorry, I'm looking at photos now. No, yeah, bring it up. Um, it looks like the sheath is just riddled with jewels. That's probably what it is, yeah. yeah. Joyeuse has a lot of fucking jewels. Like, and then this hilt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then when it's out of the thing. Yup. Mm-hmm. Ooh, would you use a sword that had a hand as the handle? A hundred percent I would. I mean, this is just, I'm just skimming the surface. There are so many amazing legendary swords out there. It's really great. But let me tell you this that I found. Okay. Um, I guess there's these two people who, I know this is kind of a long episode. I don't really care, though. So there are these people who, it's written by Dana Matthews. I don't know anything about her, but I guess... Or him. Dana could also be a man's name. True. They, I guess, have like a museum of haunted objects that Ooh, travels around. It travels. I'm going to read this to you. Ready? Okay. When dealing with haunted objects, you always have to be on your toes. 
Some strange artifacts will never show an ounce of paranormal activity for years until they're introduced to the right trigger. Oh, no. It can be a person, location, or time period, but when the two meet, all hell can break loose if you aren't prepared. Doo-doo-doo. As curators of the world's most only mobile paranormal museum... Most only? I mean... (laughs) Yes, go on. We're regularly fielding requests to contain and remove haunted objects from people's properties. Whoa. About six months ago... This was published in 2016. Okay. We were contacted by a Kentucky man who claimed that his troubled son had been dabbling in Satanism. It's not what he was doing, probably. There's nothing wrong with Satanism, really. like playing a board game. Yeah. And while he was destroying the teen's occult paraphernalia in a backyard fire, that's exactly how to do it. (laughs) That's how you gotta do it. He was in possession of a so-called ritual sword that he wasn't sure what to do with. Mm -mm. The father father told us his son would be using the sword to summon all manners of demons and that he wanted it out of his house and far away from his family. So we agreed to meet the man and take it off his hands adding it to the collection in the Traveling Museum of the Paranormal and the Occult. By the way, we're contacting these people. I'd love to. When we were finally presented with the weapon, we were, admittedly, a bit underwhelmed. We'd been expecting <laughs> wow, some okay. massing, massive Viking-style sword that looked every bit the part of a demon-summoning ritual weapon, and that is most definitely not what we were looking at. Oh, I'm sorry. Stuffed into a faux leather sheath was average-looking sore with a gold-hued handle that had, of all things, a daisy Aww. carved into the tip of the hilt. Hilt, I think they mean. Yeah. Um, the distressed father admitted to us that he had considered keeping the sword as it had been a gift presented to the young man by a family member but claimed the weapon would often make a strange ringing sound like a Ooh, tuning fork. I don't like that. The... Sh- Strange hum was the deciding factor in his decision to donate it to us. Here's a picture. Oh, it is dumb. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's cute. It's cute, kind of, right? Not for Satan. Shortly after we received the object, we went to a Strange Escapes event presented at the legendary Stanley Hotel, which <gasps> also sounds amazing. amazing. Blue, stop trying to break out of the wall. You can't scratch brick, baby. You can't scratch brick. We packed the sword into the chest that I guess has the rest of their haunted stuff. And headed to the Colorado mountains. In the few weeks before the event, we experienced zero strange activity. Okay, fine. Greg and I couldn't help but think that the so-called ritual sore was collateral damage in a Bible Belt family's overreaction to a teen's dabbling in internet wow, witchcraft. Wow, hot take. Okay. I love this sentence, dabbling in internet witchcraft. <laughs> Same. It happens all the time. Yeah, I do it every morning. <laughs> the first day of the event went off without a hitch. Do-do-do, fa-fa, skip, skip. Whatever. The second night of the event, however, completely blew that theory out of the water. The theory that it's like, you know, not haunted. Within an hour of opening the museum to the event guests, a young lady, who I'll call Maria for the purpose of this article, approached the display and calmly asked if she could hold the sword. Uh Uh-oh. When we formed the museum several years ago and decided to start traveling the country with these haunted objects... It was very important important to us that people be able to hold these artifacts as part of the experience. I thought they were going to say if the they opposite. wish to. Me too. Until this point, there was only one piece that we didn't let people ha- handle: a strange carving that appeared to have a menacing presence, which I do want to hold. Ooh, yeah. More than happy to allow Maria a chance to hold this sword, she smiled while gingerly lifting the piece out of the display and walked to a corner of the room. No. There were about sixty people, and they were all telling the stories to them. I guess. So they couldn't keep an eye on her. About 20 minutes. It's okay. That's a tool. 
That's a tool to help him stop being an asshole. You can actually. There he goes. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. <everyone. laughs> uh, about 20 minutes after the event goer pulled me aside and quietly informed me that she thought it might be a good idea for me to remove the sword from the vicinity of Maria. As I scanned the room, I quickly found the young girl crouched on the floor in the corner, the sword clutched tightly in her hands and a very strange, vacant look on her face. What I had missed while I was busy with the other guests was that in the 20 minutes since she disappeared with the ritual sword, she had started swinging the weapon around violently, pointing it at museum visitors and muttering about how she needed to spill blood. I rushed to the corner where she was crouched, no. muttering to herself, and had to forcefully pry the sword out of her hands, <gasps> which were wrapped around the hilt, her knuckles white. Seeing as the event was currently in full swing, I suggested she go sit outside for some fresh air. Wow. Um, after the event ended, I sat with Maria in an empty room and had her recount her experience from the beginning to end. She had no memory <gasps> of aggressively pointing the sword in the crowd, ranting about spilling blood, or even me forcefully pulling the sword away what? from her. The only thing she did remember was that she felt there was something very strong, very old, and very dark attached to the artifact. Oh, fuck. With fuck. a lot of our items, it sometimes takes months for them to truly display any kind of strange activity, and sometimes I can't help but wonder if they're behaving that way in order to, order to trick us. <laughs> yeah. So if wow. you basically the idea being that if people think that they're harmless, they're like less likely to take major precaution around them, and basically, yeah. you know, hand it to Maria. Oh my God! For example, A knife of so all things. That's scary. And like, if you look at the whole sword, it is kind of scarier looking. It's like a long ass. Oh, that is a big sword. sword. You know? Oh I don't my like God. it at all. I don't like it. I don't like that, but I do want to go see that haunted little museum. Me too. To close, one last thing. A couple years ago, Craigslist ad. Oh! Title of which? Sword for sale. All caps. Warning. Might be haunted. $150. Oh. Yep. Not, not too bad. In Austin, the ad reads, This sword is from the 1700s. I got it at an antique store in my Mima's hometown back in 1984. The person who sold it to me told me to be careful because there is a 90 plus percent chance that it is cursed. Since it's been in my house, my life has descended into pure chaos. <gasps> my... <laughs> I feel like you are going to, this yeah. is you in six months. Yeah, for sure. My knitting group came over and they all said no. they could feel a strange energy in my sword no. room. <laughs> you Parenthetical, I have a collection of over a hundred swords. Okay, there you go. This is my only haunted sword. That you know. Since I got this sword, about three times a week, a crucifix will fall off of my oh. wall for no reason. No. I am 76 years old. I cannot have this cursed item in my house anymore. Good call. Please, take it off my hands. And then this picture. Oh my <laughs> fucking God. Are you kidding me? That's her. Wait, first of all, that sword is like four feet long. Yeah, I feel like a sword is always way bigger than I think a sword's going to be. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah. if you look at one next to Brienne of Tarth, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Huge. That Craigslist ad, probably fake, but... I hope it's not. Oh my god. Yeah. Anyway, so that's Incredible. legendary swords for you. And I loved it. I will point out there's a lot of legendary and haunted weaponry 
historically all over the place. There's so many more that I can I get think into. That we should. I would love to hear about more of them. Yeah, I could do a part two for sure. Wonderful. Yeah, I would love Tommy to come in and just Ooh, explain a bunch sword of swords. Talks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, would love that. There's another one. One of my favorite legends. It's called Sword Cladinets. What is uh, that? Or self swinging sword. Ooh. And it's an old um. Ah, shit. I forget what country this is in. I think it's Russian. I'm writing a play about it, and I haven't worked on it in a long time. But it's, like, wielded by... Basically, if you find sword cladinets, you're the hero. Oh, okay. You have to find it. And legend has it that it's underneath, like, a big boulder by a tree. Like, you got to find it. And then you're the hero. I mean, it doesn't sound too hard. No, but then the responsibility of being the hero once you find the sword, I feel like is the thing. Mm. Yeah. I mean... It's like how people, you know, in the old legend, people try to take the sword from the stone because they all want to be the hero. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But then I guess they don't think about, like, well, what does your life become once you're the hero? Yeah, God. Like, imagine being King Arthur. Fucking... You got Merlins. You got... Sounds great. That one lady's name I forget... Probably also pretty cool. She sounds Gotta nice. Gotta protect one of your... Yeah. No, no, the other one, the witch, who I love so much. I can't um. remember her. Anyway, I love the Ren Fair. We're going. I'm dressing you head to toe steampunk. No, I don't want to go steampunk. Sorry, dude. You're going no, I'm steampunk. going pure medieval. While you were talking, I went no. on Etsy and I ordered a custom made... I'm a Ren Fair purist. I don't no. want any gears. I ordered a, an ex- exoskeleton boned leather corset Sorry, covered in gears return it. and cogs return it feathers return it I don't want to uh, little bits of old newspaper no I'm dressing up as Pete's dragon just like a tattoo on your face of like a dirigible no yeah no man all of it no do you know how mad I'd be I'm getting I mad right now I don't care <laughs> I'm not doing that you're gonna wear the world's smallest top hat no for a, for a Barbie no I'm not gonna wear any top hats I'm Tiny not wearing any hat. monocles Tiny top I don't hat want a with, cane. A, with a peacock feather coming out of it, glued onto no. a metal headband. I do not want to wear brass knobs oh. and brown leather. I'm not wearing fishnets with coattails. I'm you not doing are it for sure. No. Okay. See, now it's in your head a bit. You. I no, I don't want to do it. I'm I imagining what I hate. I'm just wearing a dragon outfit. I and that's cannot what I'm doing. wait to see you all dolled up. Shut up, dude. I'm not doing it. <laughs> don't make me. Do you have a tip for? I want to be a Renaissance lady. I feel like my tip is steampunk is like cool Renaissance. <sighs> no, it isn't. I hate it. No, it. I'm a Renaissance it's like purist. If you're punk and you also like the Renaissance. I hate steampunk more than anything. I think. <laughs> oh really? Well, I saw <laughs> your journal with a drawing of a dirigible in it. Oh my it. god! <laughs> Do not said, spread that. Sky piercing. Captain in the World of Tomorrow is my favorite movie. That's I have what it never said. seen that movie. Sure. I never will. All right. Is that about steampunk? It's about steampunk. <laughs> yeah, it's about the history, yeah, the history of steampunk. <laughs> no, dude. If anything, dude, I made. You know, I wrote Chronicles. <laughs> you know, I wrote Chronicles. The least steampunk thing in the world. I'm just oh. saying you're gonna look great. I'm not wearing that. Tan and bronze are your colors. No, I want to wear like tights and then the you're pantaloons. You're gonna wear fishnet tights. No. With Regular tights with ribbons corset. and pantaloons that cover just my thighs. You are going, that's part of the outfit. I want to be like a court jester. Well, you're going to be a steampunk lady. 
You're going to like it by the time it's the We're creating a poll, and if you want me to dress up like a dragon, or if you want Call me to dress up like Steampunk. Call if you want her to dress up as Steampunk. <laughs> no. Call 311 if you don't. I don't like it. Um, do you have a tip for people? I'm sorry I, I guess cut you like, off. My tip would be, sometimes no tip is better than tip. Girl. I'm talking, shut up, dude. <laughs> I'm talking about the Sword of Mercy because it doesn't have a, a tip on it. And Meghan Markle gets to chew on it before the royal wedding, which is a blessing. Yeah, I She wish. gets to cut butter with it. Yeah. You know that that sword can go through anything. I'm just saying, like, sometimes the most the menacing cool weapon is one, yeah. Wielded in friendship. Wielded in friendship and justice and mercy. Forged in the fire of love. Mercy is the greatest weapon of all. But then also Excalibur is. Well, yeah. Yeah. You think he's the most powerful sword? She? I'm sorry. I don't even know. I don't know, man. Okay. Still up in the air. Um, I think the most powerful sword has yet to be discovered. That's pretty tight. Yeah. Yet to be made, maybe. Ooh, yeah. 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 You're right. Um... I think that my tip is don't, first of all, pick up a haunted object from a haunted object traveling <laughs> show. Don't do that. I don't care how cute it is. It's it's full of germs as well. Don't do yeah, it. Yeah, don't do that. It, it, hand in hand with that, if you're running a haunted tour of yeah. objects, don't let the people hold them. No. It's so silly. There's so much liability. Yeah. Um, my other tip would be it, chew your food really well oh, yeah. and don't try and take all your vitamins in one go if you don't have to. Safety first. Safety first. I learned the hard way. Um, just be careful. And if you are choking, um, I was going to say have a friend on speed dial, but they'll just hear you die. <laughs> yeah, they'll just hear you, hear you die. Uh, don't eat by yourself your ever. your ster- sternum against the back of a chair or couch. Yeah. And that's how you give yourself the Heimlich. You can try anything. You know that if you have to give a cat the Heimlich, you swing it around by its legs? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I don't think I would do it if I thought my cat would. I, first of all, I think I'd be like, she's got a hairball. I would do anything to save Blue's life. No, but don't you think that you would just assume he had a hairball if you thought he was choking? I mean, I always assume he's got a hairball. Yeah. So if he's, whatever. Anyway, let's hope that it never comes to the God, end. like fucking God. I don't want to think about okay, this anymore. Okay, I'm sorry. You know I, I hate choking. You very angry. Yes, yeah, first steampunk and now choking and then the miners and... Ugh, you know what that reminded me of? How I got in that fight about Sully Sullenberger last week. Oh, yeah. I don't want to get into that so again. so fucking mad. You're right, though. I think you're right about it. Thank you. He's a charlatan. Everyone? Um, we love you so much. Please follow us on the things. Yep. Email us, you guys. That's the spirit podcast at gmail.com. Please email us. We will read it. We will yeah. we'll respond to it. We'll read it on this podcast. We have a website. That's the spiritpodcast.com. We got some cool designs you can yep. buy on a t-shirt or a merch. notebook or a phone case. We have or a uh, tote. We have a, t- uh, not a Tumblr. Um, we have an Instagram and yeah. it's, uh, that's the spirit podcast. And we have a Twitter at spirit pod. Yeah. We would love to hear from you. And we love you, and we'll see you in hell. Love you, and we'll see you in hell. Bye. Goodbye.